Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sister Julie has been putting the names of God on on our bulletins. And I think it's awesome. Hallelujah. Today, the name that's on there is Jehovah Rapha. And she's got it wrote out. The scripture says, listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. And I will not permit these diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians to come near for I am the Lord Jehovah who heals you. He said, follow my instructions. <laughs> follow my instructions. Hallelujah. That seems to be a key thing with God. Just do what I tell you to do. Just, just do what I ask you to do. That's, that's what he's asking for us. Just, just do what I'm asking you to do. Hallelujah. The word that God gave me for, this, for the beginning of the new year, the title of it is Think Bigger. Think Bigger. Think bigger. My wife spoke that to me one time. That's where that come from. I was praying about something. And God told me. I can't remember if he told me or if I just felt it in my spirit. There's treasure in my backyard. So what do I do? I got my metal detector out, and I'm in my backyard. I'm digging up scrap metal, literally, old rusty stuff. Told, told my wife what God had said, and she said, I don't remember the rest of the conversation, but I remember those two words. Think bigger. And when she said it, it hit me. The, the treasure was in my backyard. Because she was standing in my backyard when she spoke it. The treasure was the revelation that I need to raise my vision to another level. 
I need to think bigger than digging holes in the ground, digging up scrap iron. There's nothing wrong with treasure hunting. It's fun. I like it. But God said, think bigger. Think bigger. God wants to raise our expectation for the year 2022. Because I told you last Sunday, he said year 2022 is going to be a year of divine encounters. It's going to be. It's up to us to encounter them, though, to be positioned and ready when they show up. So we got to think bigger. Psalms 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. When it says settled, that word means it's a pillar in heaven. It's actually a military post. It is stationary. What God is saying is that my word cannot be moved. My word cannot be shaken. Luke 21, 33 tells us that heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words shall not pass away. A word from God is the most powerful thing you can have in your mouth. It is more valuable than gold. It is more valuable than silver. So we have to think bigger. We have to rethink what is possible what we think is possible we have to carry that to another level hallelujah because psalms 23 7 tells us says as a man thinks in his heart so is he so our level of thinking has got to be adjusted hmm let's <laughs> Let's go to Isaiah 45. See, God wants us to walk into this year, not just walk into this year, walk through this year in power and authority. Isaiah 45, verse 2. It says, I will go before thee, and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God. And you can put your name in that place. That he is your God. When it says, I will break in pieces and cut asunder, he's talking about he will break and destroy whatever has got you bound. God will destroy it. He will go before us and destroy what's got us bound. He says, and I will give you the, 
the treasures of darkness. What's God's treasure? God's treasure is souls. Gold is not God's treasure. Rubies is not God's treasure. He decorates with them. He sticks rubies in the wall. <laughs> and he walks on gold. His treasure is souls. It says, I will give you the treasures of darkness. Apply that to this year. He will give you souls this year. Hidden riches of secret places. And I was asking, what's the hidden riches of secret places? You know what the hidden secrets of God? It's his wisdom. It's his knowledge. We have to search out to know the knowledge of God. We have to search it. We have to dig for it. We really do. The wisdom of God does not just drop in us. We have to pursue it. We have to cry out for it. Sometimes we have to lay on our face for it. Until it is birthed in us. We may say that we have the wisdom of God. But, but as long as it's stuck up here. It will be shaken, I promise you. I know. I've had it shaken. But until that wisdom goes from here into our spirit, once it makes that transfer, then it can't be shaken. We know that we know that we know. But we have to search out his wisdom. It's his, that's his hidden riches. We search it out. And I like verse 5. It said, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I mean, God's not scared to declare that he is it. He's not afraid that someone's going to come up and challenge him. He is it. He is the God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I'm going to show you something. Thinking bigger. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, For I know the thoughts or the plans that I think toward you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God doesn't have evil plans for us. He has plans of peace. Plans of peace means, that word means, he has plans of health. He has plans of prosperity. That word has a bunch of meanings. He has plans to be favored. He has plans for us to be whole. He has plans for retribution. 
you know, the Bible says vengeance is God's. People have done you wrong. God says, don't worry about that. I'll take care of it. That's him. We let him deal with it. <laughs> we don't get in our flesh and deal with it. We just make a bigger mess for him to deal with. Hallelujah. Peace also means recompense, which means to make amends for what was lost. He will restore back to us what the enemy stole. See, when I say think bigger, this is the realm that God is thinking in for us. This is the realm that God wants us to walk in. He wants us to walk in peace. He wants us to walk in health. He wants us to walk in prosperity. He wants us to walk in favor. He wants us to walk in being whole. That's his plan. That's how he thinks. How do we think? Let's go to second. No, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But things change in verse 10. It says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. When people tell you that you can't know the will of God, that's a lie. You can know the will of God. That tells me that I can. I got to be willing to get in his presence and seek it. To know it. Does it come instantly? Sometimes it comes real quick. Sometimes it doesn't. But I can know. It says, I has not seen. That is the natural eye trying to see. Ear has not heard. That is our trying to hear with your natural ears. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. See, the Bible tells us that if we love God, we do what? Keep his commandments. We follow the instructions. <laughs> it comes right back down to following the instructions, being obedient. And when we do that, then verse 10 comes into play. When it says that the Spirit searches the deep things of God, that is the mysteries of God. That is things that we don't know are possible. God reveals to us. I, I've, I've told you all about retiring early. But a couple of years, two, three years before I retired early, well, probably more than that, I kept feeling in my spirit. I told my wife, says, I'm not going to work till retirement age. I could just feel it. 
Had God spoken to me, you're going to retire early. No. I could just feel it. It's like, I, I, I'm not going to work that long. I'm not going to work till I'm 65 years old. I don't know what's going to happen. Because I'm not ready to, I'm not financially ready to retire. But I'm not going to work that long. Then one day, God did speak. He said, sow a seed for early retirement. I sowed the seed for it and then just kept praying. And he worked things to where I could get out of that meal early. Follow the instructions. Follow the instructions. Because see, our natural mind, our natural eyes, our natural hearing would never lead us into the deep things of God. They are spirit. And they can only be learned by the spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3 it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, cast, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It says, we walk in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. Verse 4, our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is a vain imagination? I can't. When we use that word, I can't, that's a vain imagination. The reason that's a vain imagination is because it doesn't line up with what the word says. If it doesn't line up with what the word says, it's a vain imagination. A vain imagination is my mind my logic, my reasoning actually challenging God's word. Surely he didn't. That's challenging God. So when we give into thoughts that don't line up with God's word, we choose those over what he spoke. We may not say these words out loud, but our actions say them. I know more than you do, God, about how to fix this problem. 
That's what we're actually saying. We may not say them to God, but that's what he hears. I know how to fix the problem more than you do, even though you're the creator of all things. My knowledge is above yours in this situation. That's, I see things pretty, pretty cut and dry. <laughs> Amen. Philippians 4.13, we all know this one. See, I was telling you a while ago that I can't. That the word I can't is not scriptural. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can't is natural reasoning. I can't, I can means I'm coming into agreement with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of different things, that's, phrases that we use. I can't, I'm not qualified. That's one. It's not my calling. <laughs> we use lots of excuses. My circumstance is different. That's exalting your knowledge above God's when you even say that. Because Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So there is a way, there is a truth, and there is life for every circumstance, everyone. You know, I noticed something about God. God doesn't make excuses. He doesn't make excuses. He creates solutions. I'll say that again. God does not make excuses. He called me to teach. He didn't make excuses when I barely passed speech class. He didn't say, oh, I, I might have messed up. I should have called somebody else. I should have researched their back history and found somebody that, that could speak eloquently that's in their lineage. Because, see, that's not even in my lineage. It was a long time before my, I ever heard my daddy pray. I'm talking about even to bless the food at the table. One of the kids had to. He wouldn't do it in front of us. And that's the lineage God says, oh, you're going to teach. He didn't make no excuses for that. He didn't say I messed up. He created a solution. He sent, he sent 
me to Freedom Ministries. He sent me to serve under Apostle Aline and, and Apostle Angie Hogan. Dealt with all that mess. Broke, broke that out of my lineage. And what I mean by broke it out of my lineage, some of you don't know, but <laughs> I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it. We got a son. He didn't like to talk a whole lot either. He's, he was pretty, he's a pretty quiet fella. Used to be. But because it was broke through me, you know what he's fixing to start doing? Probably next week. Teaching. Teaching. It's in his lineage. He may not see it yet, but I've seen it for a long time. It's in his lineage. My daddy was a teacher. His daddy was a teacher. I'm, t I'm not talking about a school teacher. I'm talking about if you were around him very long, they were going to share a bit of information that would help you. They were, they were teachers. I'm a teacher. My son's a teacher. But because that was broken me, not only that, God is so amazing. Y'all know where he's going to teach at? You probably know. Julie does. He's got a job at UAM out there on the highway. <laughs> Teaching at a college accredited, whatever you call that place. And never been to college. Tell me God cannot. All I say is he's a way maker. <laughs> Hallelujah. God does not make excuses. He creates solutions. So when a revelation has come forth. It is a solution. That's what God, when he releases a revelation, he is releasing a solution. See, this morning we were, I felt for us to, to press it on abundant life that we didn't get a breakthrough. We still didn't get a breakthrough. We got a break in. So we're going to hit that some more this year. I know we are. I don't know when, but we've got to get that breakthrough. If we want to walk in abundant life, we've got to have the breakthrough that it is there available for me personally. So a revelation is a solution. So when God speaks a revelation, he just released a solution from heaven to your problem. See, a revelation gives us access to kingdom principles. 
And kingdom principles operate different from natural principles. Kingdom principle says you go fishing when, when you need to pay your taxes. Now, I'm not telling you this year if you owe taxes to grab your fishing pole and go fishing. Now, if God tells you to, that's another story. But you obey the voice of God. Proverbs 8, verse 1. I like Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8 is known as the wisdom chapter. Verse 1 and 2 says, does, does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? In other words, wisdom, God's wisdom is always speaking. It's always speaking to us. It's always coming forth. God is always trying to release his wisdom to us. Says she stands in the top of high places. By the way, in the places of the paths. In other words, wherever you're going, the wisdom of God is always trying to speak to you and direct you. So I saw this one day where it says she stands in the top of high places. This is for you ladies. You know, men always have always for years tried to put women down as far as knowledge goes that's no that's no secret they've always thought themselves superior <laughs> that right there identifies the wisdom of god as a she just saying the wisdom of god anyway i saw when i was reading that one day the picture that god gave me was an intersection in a big city with high-rises on all four corners. You got a car coming this way, cars coming this way. This car down here going this way can't see what that this car over here is driving too fast and can't stop. But wisdom is up here, standing on the corner, looking down. Wisdom can see everything that's taking place in every street right there. So when wisdom tells this car to stop, even though they have a green light, they better stop because wisdom sees what you don't. Does that make sense? Because if you obey, disobey the voice of God and God says stop, and this car comes, and you're going to, you're just going to have a crash. Wisdom does not always agree. Most of the time it will not agree with the natural. It will make you go against the natural. But the wisdom of God. Let's go to verse 11. It says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Nothing can be compared to the voice of God. Nothing can be compared to hearing God speak. Nothing can be compared to hearing him speak. 
when Jesus said that he came, I forgot I even had this in my notes. Jesus said he came that we might have abundant life. That's excessive life. That's not complaining life. You know, we have a lot of complaining. But it's not complaining life. It's a make people jealous life. It's a draw people life. Bible tells us that the goodness of God draws people. The goodness of God draws people. So how do we think bigger? Our first step to think bigger is found in Isaiah 50 verse 7. First part of that verse. Well, let's just look at it. Isaiah 50 verse 7. This is how we begin the process of thinking bigger. It says, For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. The first thing we have to do to think bigger to get outside of where we are right now is to set our face like a flint on God. He's got to be our focus. Him and only Him. We have to set our face like a flint. It doesn't tell us that God's going to set our face like a flint. We set our face like a flint. I fix my eyes on Jesus. I choose to find out what he says about a situation. That's how I set my face like a flint. That is the first step to renewing our mind, to casting down vain imaginations. Let's look at Luke 4:18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, in recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. First thing we have to do there, we have to read it like this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to overcome being poor. I have to overcome. I can't help you overcome if I don't overcome. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to overcome a broken heart. I have to be willing to get in God's presence and let him deal with a broken heart. And when he deals with a broken heart in me, he can deal with it. I can help you deal with a broken heart. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to deliver myself from whatever's got me captive. When I have learned, when I learn to get in God's presence 
and let him deliver me, then I can help you. I can't cast the devil out of somebody if I can't get rid of, get rid of them out of myself. It's going to be like the seven sons of Sceva. Just saying. So I have to do all of these things. I have to position myself and let God work on me and get me free so I can help somebody else get free. And then I help someone else. So think bigger. This we have to go past the place of receiving to the place of releasing. If you want to grow in God, you got to go past receiving into releasing. That makes sense. It makes sense to me. What I mean by releasing, I mean, if when God puts something in you, you release it to some, when the, he'll, shakata, my knee. God never gives me a word. I say never. He's given me maybe one or two words specifically for me. Most of the time, if I'm dealing with the situation and he gives me a word, it's for me. But then after I, I've dealt with it, it's released to somebody else. So that's the place we got to get to, to where it's not about me. God gives me a word for me. I go through something, but when I come out, I've got a word for, I've got a word for Pastor Tim. Now, if, if he's facing the same situation, hey, I've got something. He goes through something, and I start going through it, and he's, he's walked through it. He's got something. He's got something for me. But he's got to release it. He can have it all day long, but until he releases it to me, I don't grow. He don't grow. That's the key right there. We've got to get into the realm of releasing, not just receiving. We've got to go past receiving into releasing. Minister Rhonda can testify to that. I remember when she was asked to teach. It's been years ago. She taught a little bit. Taught one. Can't remember if it was Sunday school or something. Sunday school. She taught for several weeks. Revelations. Every time she would release one, more revelations come. She would release one, more revelations come. That's how it works in the kingdom. If you want to think bigger, you want to grow, you got to release something. And then more comes. Or we end up like the Dead Sea. The reason it's called the Dead Sea is because there is no release. There is no outlet. It's only poured into. So this morning, if you want to go deeper in God, if you want to if you want your thinking to
to be raised to another level. And I want you to come. I'm going to pray for you this morning. That God began to show you how to release what, you, what he's already put in you. Because I can promise you there's more. <laughs> we've only scratched the surface. And I'm not sure we've even scratched the surface. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.